In today's topic, we're going to cover about um, tranquilizers and sedatives. So there are many classes of tranquilizers and sedatives. Um, primarily, there is phenotizin, there is benzodiazepines, there is alpha-2 agonist, um, butyrophenones, and opioids, as well as um, dissociatives. Um, the first one would be um, phenotizin tranquilizers. Um, commonly, it's known as acepromazine um, in the small animal practice. Um, the mechanism of action with acepromazine is that it blocks a catecholamine called dopamine. Um, catecholamines are basically um, a, a group of substance which is released into the bloodstream um, during physical or emotional stress. So by blocking these um, dopamine effects, acepromazine actually has got protective um, action against catecholamine-induced cardiac arrhythmias. So it's, in simple words, it's anti-dysrhythmic. Um, for example, um, arrhythmias like ventricular premature complexes can be prevented with the usage of ACE promazine. Um, so ACE would be an excellent choice of sedate, uh, sedative for cardiac patients, but ACE promazine is also metabolized highly in the liver, and it's a very slow metabolism. It is excreted in the kidneys, so patients uh, with liver, um, liver problems or kidney problems, even um, spleen problems are not advised to be put under acepromazine. When it comes to spleen, acepromazine can actually cause um, splenomegaly. The reason is because it will relax the splenic capsule and cause the RBC to be sequestered within the spleen. Thus, it is not advisable to be used in patients with um, splenomegaly. Um, besides that, ACE has got anti-emetic properties. So if we are going to use opioids in our um, anesthetic protocols, it is advisable to use ACE alongside opioids to counter-react the actions of, sorry, to counter-react the side effects of opioids, which is vomiting, of course. Um, not only that, ACE potentiates the effects of anesthetic, other anesthetic agents. Um, the contraindications um, for ACE would be, like I said earlier, for liver patients, um, kidney patients, and and splenic um, splenomegaly patients. It is contraindicated as well as patients with toxemia or hypervolemic shock um, because they have existing peripheral um, vasodilation. So by giving acepromazine, it's going to worsen the condition. Um, the major um, concern about ACE is that it can cause hypotension. 
due to the peripheral vasodilation effects of being an alpha alpha um, antagonist. So in ACE, ACE usage in horses um, can cause paraphimosis as well as priapisms. Paraphimosis means the persistent erection um, on the penis and priapism means the inability to um, retract back the penis into the prepucial um, um, sheath. So if we plan to use ACE um, in horses, it is not so advisable to be used in expensive stallions and geldings because once the penis is traumatized, it is almost um, certain that it's going to be a, a permanent damage for the horses. So it is not advisable to be used in expensive um, stallions. However, the usage of ACE um, um, is proven to reduce the mortality um, rates during anesthesia in horses due to the um, um, better cardiac um, pumping ability. Another key important point for ACE promising is that it has got a very low threshold for seizure. Therefore, patients with epilepsy um, shouldn't be put on any ACE promising. As I mentioned earlier, the biggest concern for ACE promising is hypertension which is only caused when large doses are used. So how do we reverse these? Lots of fluids, fluid loading with crystalloids, um, atropines, as well as um, alpha agonist like phenylephrine. Um, yeah, so since ACE is alpha antagonist, so to reverse it, just use alpha agonist. Um, it also causes hypothermia, so don't forget to um, place a um, heating pad under the patient if you're going to sedate the patient with acepromazine. Acepromazine does not have any analgesic properties and that's why, uh, as I mentioned earlier, it is always advisable to be used alongside um, other opioids. The next class that we're going to discuss is benzodiazepines. There are few um, commonly known benzodiazepines in the veterinary world. We have the diazepam, we have midazolam and zolazepam. Diazepam is an anticonvulsant. So um, if you have patients with um, history of seizure, diazepam would be an excellent um, sedative. It is not advisable to use diazepam for intramuscular injection. Um, however, it is an excellent um, injection to be used um, intravenous alongside ketamine. Uh, remember, diazepam cannot be mixed with other um, anesthetic agents within the same syringe. It's going to precipitate and cause gel-like 
um, formation. So diazepam is advisable to be used on its own. Um, it basically works on our GABA receptors. It facilitates um, the GABA receptor, inhibits the neurotransmitters, and then it causes sedation. Um, it does cause um, a muscle relaxation in horses, which can uh, be difficult to control the animal. So make sure to use um, phenotizins. Um, sorry, make sure to use other anesthetic agents like ketamine to um, sorry um, with diazepam you're not supposed to mix it with other agents but with midazolam um, you can mix it with other agent um. the next would be hypoadrenocorticism which is also known as Addison's disease now in the real world um, this disease is a great imitator that means um, you would the spectrum of clinical signs um, is wide and the blood work abnormalities would differ. Um, it can go from um, life-threatening emergencies with severe gastrointestinal signs and cardiac abnormalities to, you know, this multitude of um, common clinical signs. But um, theoretically, um, the classical signs that we need to um, remember is um, you would see bradycardia in the face of cardiovascular collapse. There will be severe dehydration. In fact, there will be pre-renal azotemia. Your um, sodium to potassium ratio will be less than 27. And a lot of the times um, when there is new stress, like a new household family member or a move or a medical procedure, it can trigger hypoadrenocorticism. It is extremely uncommon in um, species other than dogs. And how do you diagnose it? Um, you use ACTH stimulation test similar to hyperadrenocorticism um, therapy monitoring um, diagnostic workout. Mm. Um, the thing is that because it's an emergency, so um, rapid infusion of fluids is very important. So remember, in hyperadrenocorticism, you will have hyperkalemia, hyponatremia, hyper hypochloremia and hypercalcemia and hypoglycemia um, and um, this is because the mineral corticosteroids are responsible in retaining sodium and excreting potassium but the deficiency of it would cause a a decrease in the inability to retain sodium and chlorides as well as increase in potassium because of the inability to um, excrete 
potassium and reduced glomerular filtration rate as well. Um, the glucocorticoid on the other hand is um, important for homeostatic function and glucose regulation so you would see hypoglycemia in this case. So to reverse this the best solution would be 0.9 sodium chloride um, rapid infusion um, um, theoretically they would say um, 60 to 90 ml per kg in shock patients but um, it's best to give 10 to 30 ml per kg um, slowly I mean um, it's best to administer them until resuscitation is achieved um, to restore the blood volume um, also treat the hyperkalemia with calcium gluconate you can give it IV um, for temporary cardio protection as well as glucose insulin sodium bicarbonate um, to promote intracellular shifts of potassium um, now when you're doing ACTH um, stimulation test um, if if you happen to use, um, if you happen to administer any steroids besides dexamethasone, uh, because you need to treat them, right? So, um, if you use any other um, steroids while you are performing this test, this test, it will be an invalidated test. Um, you need to measure the serum cortisol before and after administration of ACTH. And normal dogs will generally have um, post-stimulation cortisol levels of more than 10 microgram per deciliter. But in hypoadrenocorticism, the levels would be less than 2. Um, is considered diagnostic. In fact, in most patients, it will be less than 1 microgram per deciliter. Um, so you can start giving intravenous um, dexamethasone um, to treat the patient concurrently because it will not interfere with the diagnostic test but um, let's say it's um, now this is for acute presentation right for emergency cases but let's say it is chronic then you need to put them on lifelong glucocorticoid and mineral corticoid for glucocorticoid you can use prednisolone 0.5 mg per kg daily um, for one week and then taper it down to maintenance um, with 0.1 to 0.2 mg per kg per day um, but when they are stressed you can go up to two to four times the maintenance dose and for lifetime mineral corticoid you can give flu uh, fludrocortisone um, daily it is oral or you can give an injectable deoxycorticosteroid pivolate every three to four weeks to CP. Hypoadrenocorticisms um, stress. Uh, hypoadrenocorticism will not give you a stress leukogram. The absence of it um, tells you that it could very much be hypoadrenocorticism. Um, and there is breed predilections um poodles the black poodles 
um, Portuguese water dog, Great Dane and West Highland White Terriers are prone to this um, disease. 70% of the time it is male and middle-aged dogs are affected. In acute cases, you would see hypervolemic shock um, with vomiting and weakness. In chronic cases, um, you know, when there are stressful periods, you can see polyuria, polydipsia, but a lot of the times it is non-specific and often mistaken for renal disease or gastrointestinal disease or even pancreatitis. Um, as I mentioned earlier, you would see pre-renal azotemia secondary to severe dehydration. Um, it can be confused with renal failure, so hyperrenocorticism can be really um, um, challenging. Um, to be diagnosed. Um, it also has got low specific gravity which is less than 1.030. You would see um, neutropenia, lymphocytosis, eusinophilia and monopenia um, also on your ECG you would see classical bradycardia with hyperkalemia tall tented T waves um, diminished or absent P waves prolonged PR interval and bizarre white QRS complexes um, you would also see GI blood loss, um, so there will be low albumin level um, from protein-losing anthropathy and increased BUN with the GI bleeding. Um, you may see megaesophagus, microcardia, small adrenal glands on ultrasound. So remember, if you see unilateral enlargement, it will be um, adrenal tumor if you see bilateral enlargement, it could be pituitary-dependent um, Cushing's. But if you see small or microadrenal glands, it could mean hypoadrenocorticism. Right? Um, yeah, I think that's it for hypoadrenocorticism. So remember the clinical signs. It's bradycardia. Most of the time it's emergency with cardiac abnormalities and GI signs, a weakness and there will be polyuria, polydipsia in stressful times and um, low salt sodium chloride, high hyperkalemia, low glucose because um, glucocorticoids are responsible for um, homeostasis and, and our glucose... Um, Levels. Um, for secondary hyperadrenocorticism, which is iatrogenic, it normally results from overly rapid discontinuation of long-term or high-dose glucocorticoid therapy. Um, uh, very rarely you get spontaneous or natural causes in dog, which includes pituitary or hypothalamic lesions or idiopathic isolated ACTH um, deficiency.
for ACTH stimulation, 